Hi there, and welcome to the Maid Sessions on cliffcentral.com. Now, as most of you might know, yesterday was International Women's Day. Often, because of how little women are either celebrated or represented, we make sure to highlight the many things that women have achieved, such as their roles in the civil rights movement, the army, medicine, space travel, and on top of that, motherhood. Today, we want to add to that list in the form of some of the interesting ladies and interviews that we've had to date as the Maid Sessions. We want to highlight it in the form of the way innocence, nurture, honesty, courage, desire, and perseverance manifest out of women. So we start off with Lindiwe Shibambo. Now, I don't know if you might have remembered her, but she was a domestic worker and now runs her own domestic worker agency. Um, Her story teaches us about strategy. Very important. Take a listen. Uh, my name is Lindy. I'm, I'm the humble daughter of the soil. I was raised in Pretoria in Soshanguve. I come from a family of seven. Mm-hmm. I'm the fourth child, so I'm a middle child. Um, Can I ask your age? Not really. I, I'm not yet 40. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm 15 minutes to 40. I'm like 40 to 40. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I, I'm, I'm the eldest daughter. Okay. Um, I've, got, I've got siblings and I've got older brothers and so forth. Um, and uh, the, really, generally, my story is I came from Sojangwe and I came from a household where we were very, very poor. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, people tend to think if you all come from Deep Slot or Alexander or Sojangwe or Tridgeville, you are of the same class. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's not the case. Even in townships, in rural areas, everywhere, there are classes of families. Absolutely. So I was in that class where I was the lowest of the lowest. So sure. I, I, I grew up in a house where seven of us stayed in a two-bedroom house with my parents. And most of the time, we did not have electricity. And uh, for many years, my father was unemployed. So my mother had to be the sole breadwinner. To fast track, obviously, when I finished my metric at that time, I understood that there was no money to further my studies. Mm. But I had dreams, I had ambitions. I might have been poor, I might have walked barefooted. Yes, I might have been marginalized. People might have made jokes about me. And the more they did, the more I had dreams. And my dreams was to get out of poverty, Mm. was to make better of my life. And every day I I would wake up and ask myself, why does a particular person has cheese and paloni in their sandwich and I have no sandwich at all. Mm. How come other kids living in particular? And I never resented them or their families. Mm. I wanted to become the parent that can provide cheese and paloni to their children. And to a large extent, I started thinking around choices, mm. around Every circumstances, you know, we come from, all of us have a backstory. All of us have history behind us and so forth. Mm. But I got to understand at a young age that I have the choice. I have the choice to get out. I have the choice to be the 30 or 26% to get out of that space. I was very privileged that one day I was sitting and watching TV at my friend's house and there was an advert that came on. It was Tony Robinson something. Oh, Tony Robinson. Yeah. Yes. Was, <laughs> yes, man. Oh my God. You know, and I was very young. He's so cheesy, and, but it works. <laughs> and, and I was, I was, yeah, I was literally in primary school and they were selling DVDs of this guy and he said something. It was not even more for more than five minutes wow. that he spoke about choices and you having the power to get out of that particular circumstance. How old did you say you were when you saw oh, him? I was in primary. I was so young. Hey, wow. And that resonated. And it's resonated forever. Mm. And I think it kept me going. But for me, it was like, let it be something that keeps me going. So I stay alive and I sort of, you know, don't see what is happening around me and whatnot. Mm. Little did I know that it, it was building up and, you know, I was internalizing mm. it. 
end of high school, I finished my matric. I know that I had no money to further my studies. I wanted to study. My career choice was based on, on, on my circumstances. So I wanted to study anything that would teach me about money. I wanted to understand why other people have it and others don't. And why two mm. people can receive a 10 red note, as you're saying, and mm. somebody can make it grow and somebody can't. So I sort of focused on wanting to build my career in finance. And someone said, actually, you can be an accountant. And, and I said, as long as there's money issues there. <laughs> and they said, no, no, you have to study uh, whatever, become accounting. Yeah. Well, I didn't qualify, so I went and I wanted to study for auditing. But now how am I going to do that if I have no money to register? And I sort of started praying about it and I said to the universe, you know what, whatever opportunity that you can give me hmm. as a stepping stone towards my dream, because the truth is you might have dreams, but there has to be something you do in the meantime. Hmm. And I had to understand the process of in the meantime. And I will submit hmm. to whatever that is presented to me and I will take it and I will cherish it and I'll understand it for what it is. We then had Nikki... Uh, she came to unpack the economic value of domestic workers. But what we found interesting was how she didn't forget to highlight the nurturing nature of domestic workers in spite of their work conditions and stresses. Have a listen. I think the best way for me to actually illustrate the value is to use an example very close to my heart. Okay. I've got a younger brother who's married and he's got a little son who turns two very soon. So when my nephew was born, my sister-in-law spent a few months at home uh, on maternity leave. And during that time period, they got themselves a childminder who came in. Uh, she was trained, got to know the little baby, and off my sister-in-law went off to work. Mm -hmm. Back to the corporate world. So my nephew's nanny is one of the most amazing ladies I have ever, ever met. Mm. By the time my brother and sister-in-law get home by 5, 5.30, after battling hours of traffic to get home, mm. the little boy has been given a bath. He's, he's had his supper given to him. Um, he's ready, waiting for his parents. There's mm. a hot meal on the stove, right. waiting for them. During the time period when the little one was taking his little naps, the house was cleaned, um, the okay, clothes so were washed. she's not just the child minder. She's not just the child okay. minder. So she has a dual role okay. of both child minder as well as domestic. Okay. Um, clothes were washed, clothes were ironed. The house is speck and span. Mm. They just walk in, rough day, etc. have dinner, play mm. with the baby. Mm. At a certain time, the nanny gets her dinner and off she goes. Mm. She actually lives mm. on the premises. Mm. So for a couple like that, they often say that they actually pay her less than what she's worth. Mm. Because she enables them, right? She enables them. My sister-in-law, as a female, gets the opportunity to go out into corporate yeah. and make a name for herself. Right. She gets an opportunity to grow herself from a career and a professional perspective. She also earns an income which contributes to the household income. Mm -hmm. My brother, on the other hand, a lot of pressures relieved from him, be it financial, emotional, etc., because mm -hmm. he doesn't come home to a situation where, okay, it's Monday night, tonight's my time, my turn to give the baby a bath mm -hmm. and feed the baby, etc. All of that's already done. Mm. So how do you actually calculate that value mm. into a daily monetary value? Mm. You just can't. The beautiful and young and 
extremely courageous Linda had us in awe as she explained her journey that got her into the interview seat, but also that got her as one of our co-founders. In fact, the one that had the courage first. Really, courage has never looked better. The time I became a domestic worker, my mother was working here in South Africa. So I was at school and then my mom getting sick and my mom called me to come here. She teach me to how to work as a domestic worker when she was still sick. And then she get, she, um, get, the sick get it bad and mm, then mm. she died. After that, my employees say you must took over your mom from from yeah. your mom. Okay, yes. so she you said uh, she took you out of school. Yeah, no, I was finished in matric. You were done already with yes, school, so you done. have matriculated. Yes. Okay, and you're from where? I'm from Zimbabwe. So you were you were at school in Zimbabwe. Yes, I was. Okay, in and Zimbabwe. you just matriculated. Yes, and she called you. Yes, and by that time, you know, I was finished matric, and then I was waiting for results. Okay. To see, I was I passed my metric so that I can go to university. So you had your own plans, huh? Oh, uh, at school I, I was liking to do agriculture. Oh. You know? agriculture. Yeah, agriculture and geography, in agriculture, science, oh, agriculture. Oh no, that's hard. That's so boring. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, at home we like to do farming. Yeah, right. So it's very good. So you were naturally good at yeah. it because you had practice at home. Uh, okay, every day. So if you are doing practical at school, so oh, you it was just easy. It was so a walk just, in the park. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense to mm-hmm. me. Okay, so so if your mother didn't give you that call, what would you have done? Ooh, I don't even know what I was going to do. Because at home, I'm going to stay at home. Because that time when I was started working, I've got two little sisters. So those little two sisters, they were at school. Mm. Yeah. So I managed to make money Mm. to go to school. So you knew you had to support your little sisters, huh? Yes. Okay. And who were you living with? Who was the adult? Your grandmother? My grandmother now is 84. All right. She's 84 now. And was she working at the time? No, she wasn't working. So you were all you were all relying on your mother. Yes, to make money in South Africa. If I'm getting money, if I'm getting money end of month, I must do grocery and send it at home. Okay. Yes. So actually, the domestic worker role that you got was quite a blessing in some sense because it allowed you to take care of the responsibilities you had. Yeah, I would say it's a blessing because other people they can't take someone say you must work and at that time I was 16 mm. so other people, other people they say no you, you are going to get us arrested because we are too young because to, you're too young to work yeah to work okay but then yeah. you got here and that wasn't an issue huh for your for your mother's employers they were fine with you working. Yes, they were fine because they know that I got legally sisters okay they must go to school right yeah but so your mom was also pregnant. Yes. At the time. Yes. Okay. She got sick. She, she, she gave birth. Did she die? How long after giving birth did she die? Uh, nine months. Nine months. Uh, the baby, oh. When she died, the baby was nine months old. So you suddenly found yourself with a, a little baby. Yes. And with a job. A job. Mm-hmm. And then 18 years, a sister. I felt powerful. Because I tell myself, no one at 
this my age can do what I'm doing. Yeah. No one can work. No one can support her family like me. Mm. Just, and just uh, on on that note, <laughs> by the way, if you guys listen carefully, you'll hear a sound. That is the sound of breastfeeding baby. So this woman, speaking of power, <laughs> is here doing an interview <laughs> and breastfeeding her baby at the same time yeah. um, and keeping it so cool. It's actually remarkable. Lebo exposes us to her resilient nature as she tells us how she opens herself up to every opportunity to be the greatness she knows she is meant to be. Uh, I grew up at Limpopo, rural areas. Mm. Uh, the name of the place is Ratoge. Mm. Growing up was so Ooh, hard. that sounds like deep Limpopo. Yeah, it is. <laughs> they call it Limpopian. Yeah, so it was, it was really hard to grow up mm. because we were, we were raised by our grandmother. Mm. And my mother was a single parent, right? Working as a domestic worker. Okay. Sometimes so that's where it started, huh? With your mom. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So growing up, it was hard because sometimes you find yourself going to school. When you come back at at lunchtime at home, mm. find out there's nothing to eat. Sure. That's the school. It was fine, as the teachers were teaching us. Mm. It was up to us as learners. How we get educated. Okay. Unfortunately, I've, I failed. Oh, you one didn't subject. pass. Yes, I failed one subject. Okay. With so you didn't percent. get your matric. The thing is, I, I got pregnant while I was doing my matric. Okay. That's also rough. In 2012. Right. In 2010. Yeah. In 2010. So in 2011, I was supposed to raise a child mm. because there was no one to look after her. Mm. Yeah. So that's why I didn't. Been able to go back to school, but I, I, I have did the, what do they call it? Uh, supplementary. Okay. From there on 20, on 2012, mm. on 2012, I decided to come to Joburg. Okay. When coming to Joburg, uh, my aunt previous, uh, employer mm. wanted someone as my aunt was in no longer working with that person. So my answer that there is this person who's looking for a for a maid mm. to come and clean the house. Mm. Yeah, all those sort of things that are doing the chores around the house. So I went there and then I did work there for a month. I, I, I had to leave my child at the daycare, mm. travel to go there, mm. come up late. While, while I was working there, my husband called me and said that there is this lady an agent one mm. she has spoken to her about job it was it was production work the the company was producing the cars the the car seaters a lot of the things for the for the for the kid worked from 2012 mm. to 2013 and then from 2013 on june the contract was terminated mm. and then from there i decided to go and hustle again. And then I went to PTA Central, go to the Ackerman store. Then I find a job there Okay. as a sales representative. You know, sometimes when I, I was sitting alone, I was imagining myself being someone who's more educated, mm. having a better job. Mm. Yeah, all those sort of things. Right now, I'm supervising the cleaning ladies. 
I think I think maybe one day I should open up my cleaning company. I think that you should. Yeah, I think, because I think the cleaning thing is in my blood. You see, where does that confidence come from? Tell me, tell me about uh, the women in your life, the women who raised your mother and your grandmother. Were they very confident people? Yes, they were. Okay. Yeah, they were very confident people. Finally, uh, to have a moment like this on radio, uh, as you're about to hear, to have domestic workers interview a nation's legend, in this case, Ivan Chaka Chaka, it really showed what a combination of all of women's powerful traits can really manifest. A legendary entertainer, loved across the continent and throughout the world. I mean, you were the first black child on South African television. Is that right? That's what they say. <laughs> and And since then, you've... Shared a stage with the likes of Bono and Queen and Angelique Kidjo, mm-hmm. which would be enough of a legacy, but you're also a remarkable civil society leader. Uh, for those of you who may not know, Uma dropped out of law school and studied adult education, which she still teaches part-time. Is that right? Sometimes. Sometimes. You're a champion for the Global Fund to fight HIV, AIDS, TB, and malaria. Mm-hmm. Am I right? You're a goodwill ambassador to the United Nations for the ro- uh, United Nations rather for the Rollback Malaria Partnership. And you were chosen by Nelson Mandela himself as the first ambassador of his children's fund. On top of that, you have your very own nonprofit called the Princess of Africa Foundation. And in 2012, you were the first African woman to receive the World Economic Forum's Crystal Award. Mm-hmm. Wow. And she also happens to serve as an honorary colonel for the South African Air Force. But the thing that people may not know is that it all began with your mother, who was a domestic worker. Oh, yes. Yes. Today with us are three domestic workers um, who helped us to start the maid sessions. And ultimately, we want domestic workers to host the show because it's their insights and their experiences that have made this possible. So we thought it would only be fitting for them to interview you. Uh, hosting the show today are Linda Langa and Sibatle. Say hi, ladies. Hello. Hello. Hello, Mom. Hi. <laughs> How are you guys doing? Are you ready to deliver the most unique interview in history? They say they'll try. I'm actually, I'm just so, I don't know how to put it. Sitting in the studio at cliffcentral.com with three beautiful helpers. I don't, you know, I, the word domestic worker Mm. to me, it, uh, I don't know, it just doesn't resonate well. Mm. It Uh, doesn't do justice. It doesn't do justice. I call them helpers because Mm. I know that they, they're there to help help me and uh, I'm I'm there to help them as well mm-hmm. and uh, just being there being interviewed for them this is the first in the world it is literally and we are currently making history, history. it really is you know and so if none of us here ever achieve it you you've you're covered in terms of achievements yeah. you you can't achieve much more although i'm sure you will um, i'd like to <laughs> if the rest of us never achieve anything i think we can still be proud of this you know this moment right here. Um, and with that, thank you for the intro, Ma. Okay, great. So, Talisa and I are gonna wear producer hats today, and we're gonna, we're t- gonna take a back seat and, and let you shine and enjoy yourselves. Um, take it away. Hello, Mama. How are you, darling? I'm fine, and you? Good, thank you. I'd like to say I'm so happy today because I met you for the first time, not on books or TV. <laughs> I'm so honored to speak to you today. You're most welcome. Yeah. I got a lovely question for you. Sure. Um, it's about music. 
Um, with this lovely gift that you were given, I would like to know uh, who inspired you to be a performer. My father was a great singer, I must say. Dad had a great, great voice. You know, every Friday was Christmas at home. Every Friday it was Christmas at home. Dad bought us fish and chips every Friday. And because I was the last one, my packet of fish and chips had a Vienna or what was called a Russian, you know. Mm. Yeah, a Russian. Mm. So you, you, you knew. Mom had her fish and chips. Doreen had her fish and chips. Rufilo had her fish and chips. Dad have, had her fish and chips. Yvonne had her fish and chips and a Russian or her Vienna because mm. I was the baby of the family. Mm. Every Friday was Christmas at home and every Saturday it was New Year because then in the morning, dad will wake up, clean the kitchen, make fire, and he would go to the shops to go and buy me a packet of It's Amor. And he will make coffee for us. Oh, that's nice. And he would sing. Oh. He would make a noise and sing. You know how it is like in the township. Yeah. <clears throat> from your, you've got three lovely songs that I like from young when I was at school. One is Mama Land. The second one is Wema Koti. And the third <laughs> one is uh, Let Him Go. Okay, you could be my Makoti. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know, was that Makoti song a lesson to the Makotis when you sang it? Well, you know, my music is inspired by all sorts of things. I grew up in the township. I'm a township girl. I'm a Bantu, you know. I'm a Muntu. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I sing songs that inspire me, things that I see around me. Hi, Mama. I'm Swate. Hi, Swate. Hi. There is a song I want to know more about it. The song Umkomboti. Yes. Do you know how to cook Umkomboti? Oh. <laughs> well, I can't make Umkomboti because yeah. I don't drink alcohol. Okay. But uh, for me, Umkomboti, it was composed by Chico and Ati Van Vey. Okay. But I think when we composed Umkomboti, it was because of Ubuntu Betu. You know, when... Adults yes. uh, made umkombot. It was because there was either the death in the family or the funeral or umsebe yes. And you put in a calabash. Mm. And the calabash for me always meant simunye. You drink, you shake, we are puza, you give the second one. We are puza. So it meant we are together. Yes. It's Bring unlike your to family together. Exactly. Like, and snabantu yes, songke. Yes. So you drink. You give the next person to drink. So it meant we love each other. We are family mm -hmm. and uh, we, we know each other. We tolerate each other. We, we are together, you know. Yeah, like, it's unlike today where people don't even want to drink from one cup. Yeah, you know, Ubuntu Betu Sebuhampile. I wish we could both go back to Ubuntu Betu. You know, yeah. a ages ago, we could dish up in one big dish. Sifagi papa, sifagi nyama songke, sifle songke in one in one dish, and after says gezilis and all those things have gone. Yeah, and most when having that umkomboti is the time when bringing the families together. Yes, absolutely. Okay, I will ask you about you know as your mom was a domestic worker. So, how was your relationship between your family and the Metemus family? You know, my father died when I was eleven. And um, our house was taken by the white government. So we had to go and live uh, at the madam's backyard. Wow. 
And uh, I wish I told Pat to listen today, you know. <laughs> um, uh, my mother's madam was a gem, I must say. She was amazing. Oh, she liked great. us. She really, really loved us. She's like my second mother, oh, you know. Wow. Um, she gave us clothes for her, from her children. You know, she had two boys and two girls, Vivian and Louise and uh, David and, and Jan. She was an amazing mother. She was an amazing madam to my mother, and she was an amazing mother to us as well. So the relationship was grand. It was amazing. Mm. Today, if it wasn't for Tuliza and Bali, these three domestic workers, probably they would not have been here today. I mean, today, I'm, I'm surprised. I left my home to come here to be <laughs> interviewed by three domestic workers. I mean, they are interviewing me, you know, and they've done such good work. Yeah. And I don't think in their wildest dreams they would have thought they'd be sitting here in a studio and asking questions. Yeah. So these three domestic workers, you've changed their lives, you know. So you are somewhere, you, can, you are somewhere because somebody has unleashed the potential in you or mm. told you that you are worth something. So each and every one of us, you may sit there and think, I'm nothing. I mean, ubuhle, ubuhle. Usibahle. Uze nge overall yakhe la engene namakinopo ibekeni. One kinopo. Usibahle. Oh, now I'm a kinopo. Oh, okay. Akhona. Akhona ngaphakathi. She came here. Usifakele overall yakhe. You know it's like she says, "Yes, I am a domestic worker. Yes, this is yes. who I am." Yeah. But and she came here and she um what's her name? Langa. Langa. Nana. Ulanga. Langa. Ulanga. You can meet Langa in the streets here. Yeah? Yes. You would think she's an executive. Yeah. If, you, if she's walking there, you would never say she's a domestic worker. In fact, I still don't believe she is. Undercover. <laughs> <laughs> you know, undercover. We also exactly. You know, so you should not judge the book by its cover. Yes, mm -hmm. You yes. know, you should never judge a book by its cover. So mm. each and every one of us has something in them. Mm. And maybe tomorrow, you know, she can say, I don't want this job anymore. And she can be a radio announcer. Mm. She will be. Yeah. You know, it's or, or both, all of them. They all can, them. you would have changed their lives. And probably in her lifetime, she would never have thought that. Mm. So you were there to lighten her space, to give her confidence and to change her life, maybe for the better. So you are always there because somebody has always be, is always there to brighten up your space and to make your life better. And with that, um, what I'd really like to leave you with is a quote by R.H. Sin that says, some women fear the fire, some women simply become it. And um, I think that all the women that we've shown and made you listen to now are quite a reflection of that. Um, so thank you for joining us for this special edition of uh, International Women's Day with the Maid Sessions. And please feel free to go to our Twitter page at Maid Project, as well as Facebook, which is the Maid Sessions. I hope you guys all had a very beautiful International Women's Day and appreciated the women in your lives. Um, take care and see you next week. Bye. Cliff Central. The revolution. I've got something important to tell you. Cliffcentral.com.